This is a Medium article called Travel Plan versus Travel Ban by J.J. Walsh, read by me, J.J. Walsh. Thanks for joining. Tourism is like fire. Out of control, it can burn your house down. Yet, when properly managed, fire can help you survive. Likewise, when properly managed, tourism can become a powerful force to save nature and support economic well-being. That's a quote by Costas Christ of National Geographic at a speech in 2003, available on beyondgreentravel.com. Here's a picture of Hiroshima Castle. Hiroshima Castle, popular walking route and picnic area for locals, in balance with tourist appeal. Locals often dislike tourists, not because they are different or because they don't understand local customs, but they too often see how tourists are arrogant, wasteful, and a bad influence on their community. As tourism and travel is likely to rebound in 2022, what are some ways we can better balance the needs of locals with visitors? As we plan for possible travel in 2022 as tourists ourselves or to better preserve our community and environment as locals, there are definitely challenges, but also some possible strategies with great potential. The worst kind of tourist is a killer. Before our conversation on the value of indigenous culture on sustainable innovation, journalist John Letman told me of anger in Hawaii between local businesses, local people, and mainland tourists who many believe to be spreading COVID-19 locally as they refuse to follow the local mask requirements. This misguided feeling when on vacation that your actions don't have consequences has certainly been challenged during the pandemic. I remember meeting a fellow tourist in Thailand who was covered in bandages from head to toe after a drunken moped crash saying, but this is my holiday as if being on vacation should have miraculously given him superpowers. But this disassociation with reality while on vacation is all too common. The mainland visitors to Hawaii didn't follow local rules for mask wearing to protect themselves or others, likely for a similar reason. They were on holiday. Did they not know or did they not care about the connection between the rise in coronavirus cases and hospitals being at capacity? In Japan, borders have been closed to tourists with exceptions for Japanese nationals, those related to the 2020-2021 Tokyo Olympics, and the military. Testing and quarantine regulations has been strict but eased at the end of 2021 for the military, and we now see increased cases near all U.S. bases. There is blame on those coming in from the outside for the ongoing crisis. New Zealand has had great success in controlling COVID-19 outbreaks with travel bans, 
But I think we will see more borders open worldwide in 2022. There seems to be a shift in now treating COVID as something we will have to learn to live with and more domestic travel as destinations, businesses, and economies that rely on the tourism industry likely can't hold out much longer. The big question is, how can we lessen the damage of tourism on the quality of life for local people and the environment while making profits? Taking bad choices away. I chose to study sustainable tourism for my MA degree because I grew up in Hawaii seeing both the benefits and harm of tourism. This is supported by many years working with the tourism industry in Hiroshima. Popular international travel destinations in general are in need of better strategy, rules, and entrepreneurial innovation to find a sustainable balance between the needs of locals and tourists. The simplest ways may be to take the option of bad choices away from the travelers. Palau Local Education with Regulation Strategy Despite their success in banning shark hunting, as they found more financial tourism value in a shark alive for viewing than dead for eating, and creating fish reserves to protect their dwindling fish stocks, the island of Palau still struggles with the people-planet-profit balance. The Palau Conservation Society has found more success with local education in unison with regulation rollout. In his book, Outlaw Ocean, journalist Ian Urbina cites the loss of even tropical fish in Palau due to tourist demand. The destruction of unique jellyfish lake by tourists who ignored the rules not to touch them is a problem but an outright ban of tourists takes money away from the local people working in tourism. Here I'm showing a picture of Jellyfish Lake in Palau by Lucas from Munich, Germany, originally posted to Flickr, and the link is here for the Creative Commons attribution. Requiring a local guide in the Galapagos. Even Darwin's famous Galapagos Islands, previously thought to be the mecca of sustainable tourism, has been allowing more and more tourists each year. Only 200 tourists were allowed to visit in the 1930s, but numbers are beyond 270,000 in 2019. Like many unique destinations worldwide, it's a struggle to balance the needs of local people, be stewards of the environment, while gaining necessary income from tourism. One strategy is training locals to be naturalists and requiring all tourists to travel only with these trained naturalist guides in areas where ignorance or bad behavior could cause the most damage. This rule preserves the environment, but also provides education and stable income to locals who can clearly see the benefit of good tourism. 
Seemingly unrelated to tourism, however, a big issue comes from worldwide overuse of single-use plastics. The ocean plastics that collect here from around the world are causing huge problems for marine life and local health as microplastics contaminate the fish, the food, and the water. The only choice is a good choice. An important emphasis in the Galapagos, Palau, and other sustainable destinations worldwide is when regulation emphasis is put on tour operators and tourism-related businesses to uphold the rules and conserve use of local resources like water, food, and energy. The good news is that more travelers than ever are seeking out more sustainable travel options, which are better for local people and less damaging to the environment. Of course, these sustainability-seeking travelers are the ones we want to attract to our destinations and businesses, but since it is impossible to completely keep out bad actors, the best strategy is to take away bad choices. The top three typical bad tourist waste is water, energy, and food. On Joan Michelson's podcast, Electric Ladies, Costas Christos of the National Geographic Travel has some great insights about how businesses can create more sustainable infrastructure and efficiencies in their design. So it's easier for travelers not to have to think too much about sustainability while trying to enjoy a holiday. Water recycling systems in place, composting systems for food waste, these can be a huge win for businesses and travel destinations, as Costa explains. Reuse of any wasted water or food going back to enriching the soil could be huge innovations that would improve the local versus tourist balance. Energy waste is already being tackled by technology in hotels and facilities that turn off when you lock your door or dim or reduce in intensity when you leave a room. In this way, there's no choice for tourists to unwittingly overuse and waste this vital local resource. Why allow travel at all? One argument is that travel is too environmentally damaging due to the flights and bad tourist behavior effect on locals and resources. I would argue, however, that there are so many positive effects of tourism worth pursuing if we can just find better, more sustainable methods. I think the way the Galapagos has opened up to tourists with a clear sustainable strategy is such an inspiring example of how a focus on education, training for job creation in conjunction with strict conservation policy and a focus on people, planet, profit, and balance can be very effective. In terms of intercultural in understanding, innovation, empathy, and personal growth, I often talk with entrepreneurs in the Seek Sustainable Japan talk show who had life-changing moments while traveling abroad, saw better opportunities, had new ideas, 
and found more empathy and understanding through traveling and interacting with people and cultures different from their own. For my MA thesis research at Japan's only zero-waste town of Kamikatsu, I discovered an unfair gap between rules for locals and visitors. For locals, a range of carrot-and-stick approaches to encouraging more sustainable behaviors, but they wanted to offer tourists the same wasteful practices elsewhere. The destination has made a lot of progress over the years, but this push and pull between locals and tourists is common in destinations across Japan and the world. I've yet to see a perfect sustainable destination business or strategy in place in tourism, but there are some great examples to try out and to start planning for to see if it would be successful in your business or at your destination.